0: welcome to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio with myself, who is Jody Whitesides, and with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, sir? I'm good. What the hell was that? (laughs) That was me trying to imply that we should have taken a backup copy of another episode to introduce this particular episode.
1: Ah, gotcha. Nicely played, Mr. Whitesides. Nicely played. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing okay. Good. Unlike... An old drive that I recently had the misfortune that went tits up, as it were.
0: Yes. In other words, today's episode, if you haven't already gathered by the actual title of it before you downloaded it, is called Backing Up, Backing Up, Backing Up, or something of that nature, because as unsexy as this topic is, it's actually rather important and equally apropos to both of us in the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, so before you hear that we're talking about backups and hit stop on the playback on the on the <laughs> podcast, we're actually going to talk about some good tips here and stuff. And we both realize that this is a really sort of like unsexy thing to talk about until you really, really need it. And if you haven't needed something or lost some data, congratulations, but you will. It's as simple <laughs> as that. Unless it's an inevitability. These, it is. Unfortunately, I mean, through the years, although I consider myself a lot better these days, but over the years, I couldn't tell you how many drives that have just died on me. And when Can I'm you count it on about, more
0: than one hand and two
1: toes? Hopefully not that many, <laughs> but, but there there's a fair amount of drives. And I wrestle with if I should mention the name or not, but I don't think I should. Okay. But let's just say that it was a name brand that was really popular with musicians for a while. Um. <sighs> You know who I'm talking about, right? Of course I do. That's what not what this is about. But it is really, really important to have a system of backing up. And I think it's something that a lot of us ignore because of several reasons. I think, you know, we think we don't need it. Yes. Yeah, We haven't had that case where it's like, <laughs> oh, I My lost computer. the drive. I know you have a healthy strategy, but why do you think people ignore this, Joey? The theory that I have is is that most computer
0: systems have gotten really... Pretty damn good at this point. Where fair enough? The concept of a hard drive failing is not as common as it used to be. At least that's the perceived perception of deception (laughs) that (laughs) I could foresee at this point. The problem with that is, is eventually, as you say, a hard drive does fail. And when it does, if you don't have a backup, you're crying. Yeah, massive tears or you're stressed out to a point of like your hair falling out or something of that nature. If you're lucky. If you're yeah. lucky, yes. <laughs> the idea of backing up, as you said at the beginning, it's not sexy, but no. it is a necessary evil. And the other thing that tends to be forgotten is the age of devices. Who keeps a spreadsheet or even a whiteboard in their immediate vicinity that has like the dates of when they bought any device so that they can keep track of how long they've actually had the device to understand when the device might actually start having issues.
1: That actually sounds like something you might do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not exactly. I haven't gone okay, that good. far. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, it's true, and in, in, in my case, and I have a feeling in yours as well, the drives that I have gone quit on me, failed on me. Mm-hmm have all been old spinning drives, mm-hmm. less so with, with SSD drives. I'm sure that's just a matter of time. But I think that it also is it feeds into that perception that you said that oh I'm I'm safe. I haven't had this happen. And there's, you know, my SSD drive, there's no moving parts, it's all you know solid state type of stuff. So Yeah, why but, would that ever we, get corrupted? <laughs> Right. <laughs> or why would yeah. it ever die? Because yeah, nothing ever gets corrupted with computers and operating systems or anything of the like, right? Right. So it is just a matter of time until something unfortunate and very dramatic happens to whoever is listening. Create some backups, man. You gotta have some backups. There it is. Let's done let's call it a day. Yeah. No. All right. How about no, but, but, the very
0: first time that you can recall having a drive fail on you?
1: That was in Can you describe the experience, please? <laughs> I, yes, I can describe. Well, I can tell the first time I really, really got scared. Mm. It was in the days of, we were just switching over to OS 10 And I had two different drives with two different operating systems on it. So I needed to boot into like nine for a project that I was producing at the time. Mm. And... Older spinning drives, they could get hot. There's a lot of heat there. And I remember, okay, I got to deliver some of these files or whatever the scenario was. And I was booting into OS 9 and nothing is happening. Uh-oh. That was super scary. It mm. was one of those situations, thankfully, where you know I just shut the system down, let it cool off for like a half hour or whatever, and it came back up. But those things where you're like, okay, I have all these tracks for a client, a paying client, mm-hmm. and my system doesn't want to boot up. Mm. That's, that's just a phone call that you just don't want to make. Of course know? not. No, it's a scary phone call. It sucks. <laughs> right. So there's that. But I've had other – I actually had one of my backup drives, and this m- makes it even scarier. I had one of my backup drives fail at one mm. point. Yeah, it was one of those, I was going to go and retrieve something. I would sort of put that in what I consider like cold storage, right? Okay, that doesn't need to live on my other drive. Now it's on my backup drive. Right. And the backup drive fails. So mm. thought, oh, congratulations, all your backups are gone. Yeah, <laughs> right? that's even worse. So what about you? What are some of your nightmare scenarios that you've had to deal with? My very first one
0: was in relation to a personal project that was 20 songs. Back in the days of the G4, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. The Leaf Blower. Yes, the Leaf Blower. And I was in process of backing up from the recording drive to a backup drive. Both drives failed at the same time. Oh, brutal. Oh, yeah. Let's just say that uh, it's too bad I didn't have actual copies of even demos of the songs because they were all lost. (laughs)
1: And it was one of those things where you start
0: hearing noises from the drive, which is capable of spinning hard drive. You might hear noises. Sent it off to a data recovery place. And, of course, they tell you, we can't get anything off this drive. And the reason why is, is that a piece of the drive platter flaked off, hit the head, shattered into a bazillion pieces, and scratched the entire platters, (laughs) Yeah, beyond ability to even take data off of them. That was just a very yeah. depressing moment to lose Absolutely. 20 songs of material. From that point forward, my whole concept of backing up changed rather dramatically.
1: I'm Ooh. sure it usually takes one or two situations, and then we we tend to rethink... Our, our system of backups. And, and hopefully that's what we can do today with the, with this episode. So right. an overarching thing is like, just remember that you only need to back up the files that you need to keep, right? <laughs> so <laughs> if you're okay with losing something, well, then don't worry about it. But then when your client calls, okay, we're going to want our, our mixed tracks back and you go, oh, sorry, they don't exist anymore. So uh, yeah.
0: Do you remember yeah. that moment when I said, fuck off in the middle of the recording? I want that back. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: I'm sorry, I didn't keep that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta laugh a little bit when when these things happen, but it is it it's not fun. And depending on it, there's one thing if it's like you described, it's your personal stuff. And mm-hmm. that sucks. You know, when it happens, it's like Well that's oh just my the goodness. first time. There's been a right? no, of course. But there's one thing when it's that, but when it's somebody else's stuff that you're producing or that you're mixing. And you're in charge of. And you're in charge of and it happens. It's, it's brutal. So mm-hmm. it's hard to put too fine a point on it, but just please back up your stuff. Back up your stuff. <laughs> you, can, you can thank us later. Send us five bucks and we'll have a cup of coffee. But uh, <laughs> we should start talking about first how we kind of manage our data mm-hmm. in our systems. You know, I think you and I have relatively similar approaches, but there are people that just record everything to their internal drive. You know, they just do everything there. And then that can change how you might approach your backups. Maybe you just do, like if you're on a Mac, you'll just use Time Machine or do something as an automatic thing. The other thing that you and I do is that we have different drives for different things. Like I, for example, I have a drive that I use for all my projects. Mm-hmm. That's my recording drive. I got a separate drive for my sample, for like sample libraries, that type of thing, mm-hmm. as well as the internal. So you have to consider, how do you back up all of that? And I knew that you have a pretty elegant approach that I you do I don't know if I'd
0: call it elegant, but I well, do have an approach. It's pretty straightforward.
1: I, and I, it I think it's, it's it's a little bit of a setup thing, but maybe you can describe how you're running your system because you're running a RAID thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, it changed over the course of a few years. When my first disaster happened, the one I described of losing projects Mm -hmm. in the middle of backing up the drive (laughs) and both tries failing at the same time, I started burning data backups to optical drives in addition to keeping an actual hard drive. So I had two different versions of backups. And yes, it's time-consuming, but at the same time,
1: having more than one format made a lot of sense. Especially if that situation, like what happened to me, like your back, your backup drive actually fails. Yeah. Now you have an optical thing as well. So. Sure. It's
0: recently shifted in the past couple of years. After the DVD concept, then came blu rays So I upgraded my optical backups to Blu-ray backups. And also kept hard drive backups and Blu-ray backups. But now things have changed even more. And in the past year and a half-ish, I've opted to forego the optical backups, mainly because the cost per gigabyte is not as effective anymore when it comes to optical backups. And I've run into issues now when you make backups of optical backups. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) things get a little bit screwy, which is unfortunate. And what I mean by that is with optical backups, it's a really good idea to pull the data back off the backup and test it out to make sure it's all there, especially with audio. And the reason why I say that is, is sometimes audio tracks just somehow pick up Weird noises that weren't there. Yeah, things can
1: get corrupted. (laughs) They get
0: corrupted. It seems to happen more often with optical backups than it does with other types of backups. And if you're lazy about your optical backups, and on occasion, I have been lazy, don't double-check them. And suddenly, if I have a need to pull out a backup that is no longer on a hard drive but has been put in, as you would say – deep freeze or cryogenically speaking on optical (laughs) drive (laughs) and then you go pull out the optical backup and realize oh shit now i've got audio files that have weird futzes and digital garble in them that wasn't there previously before the backup and i didn't double check it (sighs) yeah what a drag so i've made the switch to using a raid system And that is set up to mirror itself. So I've got a pretty good size couple of hard drives that are 12 terabytes each mirroring each other. So that if one goes down in the situation, I just buy another one, throw it in there, and it will recreate all that data. Now, the hope is is that it doesn't corrupt the data in the situation. It's just one of the things but it's a lot less likely for your data to be corrupted on a hard drive for some reason than it is on the optical drive and I don't know why that would be I, I but that's assuming, where i've moved on yeah. to i've moved on to a, a raid
1: system and i like that in the in the, the mirroring aspect there right cuz you have now not all are you automatically creating one backup but you have a backup of a backup that it's identical so yes. cuz then again if you're stuck with a a spinning drive that goes south. Now you have a second one right next to it. So when you say that you and hoping it's the dri- not
0: going south too,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? But, but hence the way of putting like another new one in there of the same size. So you got you know you're constantly doing that. Yeah, that's an attractive system to do because it leaves everything at your fingertips, so to speak. Other drawbacks of using the optical drives, which is something that I've, or optical discs, I should say. DVDs, that type of thing. It's Mm -hmm. also something that I've done with older projects. Now, you mentioned Blu-rays, and they're obviously larger, but it can be a bit of a pain in the butt now with with project sizes and so forth. If you're using DVDs to burn, because there's a limited amount of storage on them.
0: Well, the normal DVD was capable of storing, what, 4.4 gigabytes? 4.7,
1: 4.7, I think. Yeah. Well,
0: that's the size they claim, but then you have all the other data that's written in there and it takes it down to about 4.3 something, 4.4 ish to actual data that you can put on it. Yeah. Just so, north of four, I guess. Yeah. So with the DVDs, since I was like a, a massive proponent for such a long time with it, <laughs> it, you had a lot of DVDs sitting around and then you had to have a way of like, well, what do I have on this damn DVD? Yeah. And there's I that ha- too. I had a system, well, I still have it, and it's still in use until I get everything off of it, that was called Century CD. And it was a CD carousel that hooked up to your computer via USB, and it still does. And then it had accompanying software called Media Tracker. You would put the uh, the disk into your drive. It would read it into the Media Tracker and catalog everything that was on that DVD in terms of the data. You stick it into this organizer and then it would store it in this little organizer that would go round and round in circles like a library. And it would just, if you needed to something, you'd search for it or you pull the disc out, bing and pop it out. You'd stick it in your drive and away you go. Unfortunately, that company is no longer in business. So the yeah. software has an EOL on it. You have to run Mavericks in terms of the Mac OS just to run it. The other way that it worked, it was hardware keyed. So If the hardware doesn't show up, the software doesn't want to run. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which is like really uncool because these things can actually crap out. And then you have to disassemble the whole thing to
1: pull all your disks out of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah so there are drawbacks to all that but but also you know with the whole optical thing it is a bit of an archaic system where it starts to have the sort of starts to smell a little obsolete so you have to deal with that as well but having a second format of a backup as suppose you have the hard drive and then you have an optical or a second hard drive, but having it backed up twice, right? What's this saying, right? If it doesn't exist in three places, it doesn't exist. (laughs) Something (laughs) of that nature. But you know,
0: before we tackle, I wanna talk about another format of optical that could have been really amazing and may still come about in a different form coming in the future, which would make more sense. But let's take a word from our sponsor. All right, we're back. As I mentioned just before at the little break, what I was going to talk about is a format that when DVDs came out and Blu-rays were starting to come into the situation, there was another format that was actually also coming into the ability to change the market, and it was called FMD.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I had not heard of that.
0: FMD was really amazing in that it was a clear disc. You could see right through it it didn't have like a backing on it and and still read via lasers but it read via an, a different kind of laser and it had like over a hundred layers in it and it did wow. it via infrared i think is the technology that was in it and it could
1: hold a hundred times a blu-ray right. <laughs> and, and on the same on, size but, disc right so maybe we should say that also for people that don't know that a Like we mentioned, a DVD, a regular DVD, holds four to four and a half gigs of data. A Blu-ray does, what, 50, right? It depends on the Blu-ray
0: size. They range anywhere from, I think, 12 to 25 to 50 to 100. I think the biggest you can get is 100 gigabytes. Okay. But they're
1: expensive discs. So the cost per backup dollar there is not – Goes up. And the bigger the disc,
0: like if you get a 100 gigabyte Blu-ray, it's really expensive. What's crazy about the FMD is that it was cheaper. Hmm. But the consortium that came up with Blu-ray, I think, bought the rights and shelved it.
1: But of course they did. <laughs> we can't let this thing come out. No, it uh, would destroy well sometimes us. that happens in the you it know, in, in the business world, you know, that, that does happen. But but that's an intriguing thing though. Yeah. So how how would that have worked when it came to the actual burning of these disks? My understanding is they
0: were rewritable and they had a special drive that obviously worked with it that was able to go through the layers based on the infrared spectrum of some sort that, that had various colors in it. It would know where it was on the disc based on the coloration of what it was reading or writing. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool stuff. I The only reason why I even know about it is I was taking a class at a university and somebody else in the class gave a speech about FMD technology. And I'm like, why don't we have this? <laughs> this is something <laughs> wow, we that's need. That's fascinating. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So unfortunately, huh. it's not something we can use today. But as my understanding is, is like with the whole concept with the quantum stuff coming, that they're figuring out a way to do it in much smaller packages in a similar kind of concept with clear disks of like little bitty things.
1: It's, I mean, it's shocking now, even just with the SSD drives that you get, like even the external ones, right? Mm-hmm. You go... You buy an external drive and say, like, "Oh yeah, this is two terabytes." It's like this is it? That, that's all there is. <laughs> you know, it feels shocking when you're used to those big honking spinning drives, right? At one point, when I was upgrading my system, and this is in the days I was going from, from was the power PCs to like the G3, I think. Mm. That, that they were still beige at the moment, and I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, this hard drive is six. Gigabytes, I will never need another hard <laughs> drive. You know, <laughs> and now it's like you're shocked if your phone has less than 32 gigs, you right? Know? And as yeah, I was mentioning
0: anyway. about the RAID system that I got now, it's 12 terabytes, and I'm already over half full on it. It's like, and I don't even have all of my optical backups on it yet, and it's yeah. like. I have a feeling that in the next year, I'm going to have to double or triple the size of the RAID.
1: <laughs> or simply just swap them out and put them on the side and, and and move on from there, right? And then you can always put them in another enclosure, mm-hmm. I guess, and kind of bring it's them back. It's a good there.
0: idea to always update, I think, your well, Yeah, but
1: I mean – but, but I am saying it's like having – maybe all your backups aren't in a live situation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You right? take yeah. them off so the, the system, but still yeah. – If I'm going to have them, I'm
0: probably going to have them tied to the computer so that they're accessible.
1: Yeah. And that's another thing, especially with the older drives, the spinning drives, Mm -hmm. where you actually need to sort of exercise them, as it were. Um, (laughs) Take them out for a
0: run. Give that gerbil a spin. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right? So if you have something sitting for, like, years and years, it it may not spin up up. in in the way that you hopefully expect it to.
0: (laughs) So. All right, so let's move on a little bit here about how we're going about our backups because I know we've kind of touched on it a little bit. We haven't even asked you about you. How are you planning on approaching it after your most recent like debacle?
1: I'm going in between two thoughts here. And let me, I guess I'll just step back first and say what, what I've been doing up to this point where I've had, because I, I have my audio drive and a sample drive with mm-hmm. sample libraries. And those two have been getting backed up to another drive, a larger drive. Where I simply just manually drag them over. Can and I concur that,
0: on that situation? Because that's how I do it as well. For whatever reason, I have
1: an aversion to automatic backup. I do things. too. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it's <laughs> just it's just my personality. So that that's what I've been doing, where I've just been dragging and dropping. But but now I. I'm thinking of two approaches, like I said. The first one I'm thinking of is doing the RAID system like you are, Mm -hmm. because that seems like a really elegant thing. So I'm thinking of if I go that route, I will get a Thunderbolt external enclosure with room for two drives and pop to not SSD drives, because it's just not cost effective at this point. but. Having two larger spinning drives in there and th- then doing the RAID system. Yeah, it's a great way to go. The other thing that I'm thinking about is possibly instead of doing the RAID, is to have one large drive and then do one cloud based system. Mm. I haven't decided which one I'll go with yet. I guess I'll report back. I kinda like the idea. Now this sounds very apocalyptic. I like the idea of having one off-site. Sure. Let's say that in the horrible scenario that there's a fire and you end up losing everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you got a RAID system or not, you know? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they're, true. Uh, they're gone. So I kinda like that. I kinda like the idea of doing that. Now I'm not sure. I have very little experience with dedicated off-site online storage, basically. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit wary of the, the security and those type of things that they, we talked about before we started Well, here's another thing that. that
0: I would put into play or consideration yeah. in that. Not only is it just the cost, but it's the data transfer time. When you there have big that. files and you're yeah. backing up lots of files in a project, you're talking about, are you going to hit your internet cap? Unfortunately, a lot of ISPs have data caps. Although, is that really a worry if you're on a business plan uh, somewhere on a business site? That may not be an issue.
1: Oh, it's something to take into consideration. I I don't think I would come up against those. And you can, you know, you start your backups, say, over a period of the initial backup, obviously, going to that where you start it, you know, every night and do it for a week until you reach your – your goal of getting everything backed up there, but then one after the next, as you keep going, like doing those manual backups. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. If anybody that listens has experience with that, please let me know and, and see if they can give me any pointers on that, but I'm researching it at the moment, and I will go with either one of those two solutions. On that, you know, we're talking about external ex- enclosures and, and extra drives and looking at the cost of that. Mm-hmm. Somebody might go, ooh, that's a lot of money. Yeah, but go to a data recovery place. (laughs) And then you'll know (laughs) what it costs to not even recover it. Right. That was, I had the similar situation where I took mine into a place and they're like, yeah, you're not getting anything off of this. Would you like to donate your drive? And I said, yes, you can have my drive. Can I take
0: a sledgehammer to it first?
1: (laughs) Yeah. The cost thing is, Coming back to the unsexy thing, it's not fun to spend money on this. It's a lot more fun to, ooh, I got the new heaviosity instrument, right? Right. Until you lose an album's worth of data or you lose a client's data. See how much that will cost you. you (laughs) (laughs) And how much
0: pain and suffering it will be in the process. Absolutely. My thing and your thing is we both do manual backups. Generally speaking, we're pretty diligent about our systems and about our file management and whatnot. There are lots of people out there who are not diligent about file management at all. Yeah. And it's scary to think that they're trying to do this stuff for a living. They have no clue of how to keep track of files. That might be a situation where automatic backups are good if you're really awful at file management. But the reality is, is you should get good with your file management.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there are different situations. Again, like I said, if you're on a Mac and you got Time Machine, just do it, make it a habit of having it every night at two o'clock or whatever. If you're not working during those wee hours. Well, you can
0: do the same thing with Carbon Copy Cloner as well. and other Absolutely. Any one of softwares. these,
1: any of that, you just have scheduled backups and it's not It's not at all a bad way to go. I haven't had any bad experiences with it. It's just that I think both you and I are kind of control freaks and and (laughs) (laughs) just like to do that manually because we can, damn it. So there are a lot of other solutions on there that we can do.
0: Essentially what we're getting down to in terms of quote-unquote brass tacks is saying that it is a really, really, really superb idea – to buy extra drives, be they spinning drives, SSD drives, optical drives, whatever you can, tape backup for all I care, (laughs) (laughs) to store your data. The other thing that would be highly important in this is not only when you go to back it up, but to double check the backup, especially when it comes to audio files and recording. Because nothing is worse than pulling out an archive of a project to open it up and you're playing it back, and all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and you're wondering <laughs> what the hell just did that? <laughs> yeah. So backup, backup, backup. It can't be stressed enough. Chris just recently went through it. I've recently experienced it as well, pulling out old projects off of optical drives that were lazily not checked well enough and had issues with some of the audio files having to now cut and paste from one section of the song to another, which is something I
1: absolutely loathe doing, but it has to be done when you go for a remix. Whatever system you go with, just pick a system that works for you, but highly encourage again, yeah, do it. Just do it, do it, do it, and it becomes part of your workflow and you don't have to deal with those nightmare scenarios because again, if you haven't had it already, it will happen. It will happen to you. And
0: that's not to be negative. It's just likely. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, it, and it's, it's not just a matter not of if fun. it's a
0: matter of when. And with that, right. let's move on to our
1: Friday finds. What do you got, Chris? I'm all about the deals the last couple of weeks here. Hmm. Last week, I spoke about the, the ML1 still on sale. And if you are thinking about switching DAWs or trying something different or just sticking with your DAW of choice, the good people at Avid are right now, they're running a sale on the annual subscription for Pro Tools. Instead of, I think, 299 it's like 199 so it's like 30% off. We get a little bit more comfortable with Pro Tools. I don't know. We'll see. But, But I thought that was a pretty cool thing. So for that price, why not? What about you?
0: I'm looking at Overloud and a plugin that they've recently created called the Gem Mod, which is a recreation of the old Roland Dimension D. Cool. And anybody that is into chorusing as an effect, if you do not have a Roland Dimension D of some sort in your arsenal what is wrong with you? (laughs) Because that's like one of the greatest chorusing effects ever created. Right now, Overloud, being the awesome people that they are, normally would be charging $100 for this Roland Dimension D. And as of the December release of this episode in 2021, you can get the Overloud gem mod Roland Dimension D recreated plugin for free. You just have mm-hmm. to go to their site. That's my pick of the week. Get a We're Roland about Dimension the deals. D. Yes, that's right. Free is good. While we've got your attention, we ask that you go post about us on your favorite forum. And you can go to our website and leave us a review at inside the recording forward slash review. If you're there at the website, why not just sign up for the email list as well? Doing so gets you weekly reminders about the Tuesday Tips that come out every so often, usually on Tuesdays, hence the reason the name, Tuesday Tips. And we'll make sure that you don't miss any future episodes of the podcast. In addition to that, send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the word BACKUP and you'll get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic of suggestion for Chris and I to pontificate upon in a future episode, contact us at the contact page, and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. And with that, I'll say, see you
1: next week. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good one, Joey.